Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Corey Chavis joins us now. Hey, Corey, Taz and the Moose, man. Uh, uh, thanks for the time this morning. We certainly appreciate it. Corey, what's up? What's up, man? How are you guys doing this morning, man? We're doing well. We're doing well. Um, you know, and, and a lot of facet, you know, a lot of good storylines to get into. Um, you know, and, and certainly when... You know when we when you look at these when we look at these national semifinals that were set up, Corey, are, are, do you think we're heading on a collision course to see LSU Ohio State in the national championship? Well, I know that's what everybody may want. I mean, I had an opportunity to to go to the LSU game the other day and you know get an op- and finally see uh, Joe Burrow in person. And uh, boy, was he impressive with with really his athletic ability and speed. So you would like to see maybe that matchup between them and Justin Fields for the offensive minded. Uh, but, but I'm, I'm still a, a big Clemson guy. I, I think it's going to be tough uh, for them um, to just, I guess people are just kind of throwing them out. Uh, and I don't know why this North Carolina game um, that they won by one point just seems to kind of, has kind of carried on throughout the season. And the fact that, uh, people have said they you know, really haven't had a, a, a tremendous schedule. But for me, Clemson is, is the team to be going into the entire playoffs. Corey, let me ask you just to circle back. It is interesting. Yeah, and just to circle back, you mentioned LSU. I'd like to ask you about the defense, though, the progress of the LSU defense in the second half of the season. Uh, break that down, man, if you don't mind, for our listeners. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about that. I mean, one of the big matchups I, I thought was Chase Hahn on the outside against Andrew Thomas and then Isaiah Wilson. And that was one of the big things that I wanted to see was whether or not, because really if you look at him during the season, um, you know, he only had four and a half sacks this year, but he's been a big tackle for loss producer. And he's the one guy that can kind of, make you feel uncomfortable as a quarterback. And I thought he really played well on Saturday. And I think he was the reason why, you know, those those cornerbacks got comfortable. Now, they've got a really good corner in Christian Fulton. Obviously, Delpit is an All-American caliber safety. I thought some of their other defensive backs played pretty well, like Stevens. But clearly, Derek Stingley has developed into uh, arguably maybe their best player on defense as a freshman. And he's got a chance to uh, eventually be maybe, you know, a first-round draft pick in a couple of years. So uh, that that combination has really allowed this defense to get better. Uh, Corey, you mentioned Burrow. Uh, you know, Taz and I, we love him, watching him all season long. How could you not? Heisman Trophy favorite. Uh, you mentioned that you were impressed by him. Um, concerns, there have been people who have kind of like, Shade, you know, threw shade at him in terms of his jump to the next level. What do you think Joe Burrow is as an NFL signal caller? Well, I mean, I think he's probably the thing that, that you're going to have to really understand about him is that he has, in terms of the, the next level people scouting him, they're just going to have to maybe put some of your past, um, you know, criteria for what, okay, this guy has to have this, this, and that. 
to be an elite NFL quarterback and maybe put some of that to the side with them because he's so good in terms of the pocket presence and having that peripheral feel of where defenders are and understanding timing. And I think their offensive coordinator just does an outstanding job of really making him decipher through matchups mentally where he's a step faster than the defense. And you can almost see how their scheme would be what he would see on Sundays because of how they run their scheme. They're asking him to digest a lot of offense, but when they do it, they're doing it in a simplistic way that creates matchups for him quickly, and he always seems to make the right decision. So from that perspective, you're talking about a, a very good talent. So, Corey, uh, you know, as we as we all know, right, these teams now have like a three-week playoff here, okay, these four teams. So between, you know, uh, in no particular order, oh, it's, oh, you know, Ohio State and Oklahoma and Clemson, LSU, that three-week three layoff, is there one team that benefits more than the other in this situation? Are, are you okay with the three-week layoff? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if the, a team's hot, now they, they could get cold, you know. Talk on that if you right. don't mind. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a great point. I think the team that benefits the most is the team with the most talent, and the team with the most talent is Clemson. And so now it comes down to whether or not Sweeney can come up with the type of game plan necessary because what he has to deal with, again, is not only we talked about the the offensive coordinator for LSU, uh, but you also got to deal with Dave Aranda in this tournament, who I think is still one of the better defensive coordinators in the country, you're dealing with Ryan Day. So for Davo Sweeney, particularly when you lose Jeff Scott within a week and he's going to be the head coach somewhere else, those types of things, you know, Alabama's had to go through those types of things quite a bit. Uh, but not the, the coaching matchup is what those three weeks really comes down to. So that's going to be the key, you know, because the most talented team, you know, I believe is Clemson. Uh, Corey, uh, how about Oklahoma here? We've talked a lot about the top three. You give Oklahoma a chance here um, with Hertz, who's had an amazing year, his only year going to be on that campus for Lincoln Riley. What about the Sooners? Absolutely, I give uh, Oklahoma a chance. And, and really, I, I think a lot of people will point to what we just talked about, and I thought that, uh, the excellent point you brought up about the three-week layoff, but I give them a chance because of Alex Grinch. And I believe that what he was able to do back in the day in terms of some of his other stops as a defensive coordinator, I think they kind of prepared him for what he was facing coming into this year with Oklahoma, and their defense has gotten better. And you know Lincoln Riley's going to come up with a game plan in a three-week time period to challenge you defensively where those guys we talked about, Stingley and some of those names, uh, we're talking about Delpit, Lincoln Riley's going to come up with a game plan to minimize those guys and make the legs of Hurts become a factor. I do think the Oklahoma offensive line matches up well with what I saw from the LSU defensive line. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see the quarterback one game and how he uses that uh, to set up some play action. And what a matchup between Stingley and C.D. Lamb on the outside. Corey, so you mentioned a couple of times, and I think a lot of people would totally agree with you that the most talented team out of these top four teams are the Clemson Tigers. And I don't think – I think most folks would not argue that. But what would you say to those people that would say, well, yay, Corey, man, you know, that, that Clemson Tiger, you know, that, that – you know, who they faced, their strength of schedule is not that strong. You know, what would your comeback be on something like that? 
Well, I would I would agree with them. The strength of schedule isn't it hasn't been um, quite as what people would have expected, or and a lot of that happens because you have teams that go into the season, for example, like a South Carolina with Jake Bentley, and then he gets hurt in week one. So when you play Jake, the South Carolina Gamecocks later in the season, they're not what South Carolina right. should have been. Right, right. So that kind of is a big reason why that happens. But you can make the argument that Georgia was another team that you thought would have a great matchup against LSU. But their strength of schedule, why? Notre Dame didn't end up being quite as good as what we were expecting That's going true. into the season. Also. You true. know what I mean? So yep, yep, yep. You can go back and forth with that, but I think at the end of the day, look how they've dominated people mm. over the course of the season. I'm talking about Clemson. You're talking about Louisville, a bowl team, beat them by 35. Boston College, a bowl team, beat them by 52. North Carolina State beat them by 45. Wake Forest, a bowl team, beat them by 49. Smoked Florida South State, Carolina. too. Smoked Florida State. They smoked them, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what about Virginia? Virginia. Virginia's a bowl team. They are. And they're looking at so, they so beat I them think up. you have to look at the second half of the year. They're not just beating people. They're saying that we can't wait to see who you bring forth towards us because we're getting better, and we know it. Look at the NFL college, November and December, that's what they remember, and now is when they're getting better. You know, Corey, I'm I'm curious, um, what advice would you give? You do a great job. You know the NFL. You know college football. You scout all these guys. Uh, Two is making the rounds this weekend, so I'm in a number of different spots, especially on ESPN, doing an interview. What advice would you give to Tua here on how he should handle himself moving forward coming off that hip injury? Well, I think it's a serious injury. I definitely do. I mean, you could go back and we can – there are examples. I'm sure you all discussed them on the show yeah. where you've had some – you know, just how serious it can be. Right. With, with that being the case, then I wouldn't go back to school. Now, it's unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen him, you know, have finish his season, you know, because he kind of finished – Jalen Hurts' season, and that's why he's a national champion, right? He hasn't really finished the season with the Crimson Tide being on top, despite the fact that people bold him as a national champion quarterback. Last year, wasn't able to finish uh, against Clemson, and then this year he wasn't able to finish the season. So, but leave going and going on to the NFL draft is, is in his best interest. Corey, let me ask you about you know, a team that no one's talking about right now because they're completely out, and that's Alabama. You know, uh, kind of strange, right? I mean, we're so used to them being right, you know, Nick Saban and his crew being right in the thick of this thing. They, they, dude, they're not even in the top 10. They're, they're at 13. I mean, it's like, I, I, speak on that. I mean, you think this is a, 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 like a one-time one-off, or you think, you know, <laughs> and Saban will, will turn this thing around with his new class coming in, and, and next year they'll be back to being a top-four program? Well, they've lost some guys. I mean, they, they number one recruit. They lost a couple of years back, transferred to Houston. They've had some defections, and or just, you know, however you want to put it. Um, so that's been something that we already talked about. The coaching staff. Let's face it. You're talking about one of your co-offensive coordinators from a year ago, Locke Locksley is coaching at Maryland. The other one, uh, Josh Gaddis, is the office coordinator at Michigan. And we can go on and on about guys who've kind of come and gone. And I think that when you don't have the continuity year to year uh, with the coaching staff, I think eventually that begins to catch up with you. That, I believe, is a big reason why. And, and then the other thing is, this well, to answer your question better, three junior wide receivers could leave early. 
So you're going to have to replace all of those guys. But the positive is that maybe the guy who is the most explosive of those of that quartet they have is Jalen Waddle, and I believe he's not a redshirt sophomore, so he should be back. You're probably going to lose Najee Harris as well. So you're going to have to retool offensively and then defensively. Who's going to become a star? Because I believe even they lost one of their better players early in the year in Dylan Moses, and I'm not sure that he's going to come back. So when you start looking at the leadership, I think that's the thing for next year because you're going to lose a lot of leaders uh, off of the team. And, and I didn't even mention Leatherwood, the tackle. I, I think Wills, the, the right tackle, may come out early, who I think is a really good player. So now you're talking about adding an offensive lineman that may be leaving as well. Uh, Corey, what is Chase Young in the NFL? Well, I mean, I think there's going to be some comparisons to clowning. Now, again, I think we talked about this the last time. When he came out of high school, he wasn't – and the reason I say that, remember the Michigan game, for example, there, there are going to be some examples where you look at some games and you're going to watch him off the ball. And there were some questions about Clowney, you know, coming out, you know, every – you know, he would have these bursts and then he would have some other times where he maybe, you know, picked his spot. I think this guy does an incredible job of – you know, the, of timing when it comes to understanding, okay, this is a big third and seven. You know, I, my get-off has to be spectacular. But but I believe he's a power player in that clowning mode with, with potentially maybe, I don't even know, they're, they're both guys who are strong in the upper body. They have good explosiveness. There is an element of, you know, stiffness to their game to a degree. I wouldn't say stiffness that's, you know, originness that makes you feel like, you know, they, they can't, you know, bend or turn the corner. It's just that they're not really a loose guy like, for example, a Von Miller or somebody in that nature. So they're kind of a power player with speed and explosion. That's how he's going to win. I don't think he bends or turns the corner or has even the hand hand uh, flexibility in terms of hand placement and, and, and moves that even Bosa had. Uh, so you're talking about a different kind of player, He's been coached well, and I think he'll be a good player. Corey Chavis, DraftNasty.com, CBS Sports, uh, college football analyst. Hey, Corey, last one for you from me is, of all these bowl matchups, outside of the two national semifinals, which is the most intriguing that, you know, it does, It could be any – it doesn't have to be a big bowl, obviously. Which other bowl game are you most intrigued by? Well, man, that's a tough one because I got a couple of them that I got on my radar that I I think think one game, I'm going to be going to quite a few of these games, about six of them. Uh, And even one of the games that I'm going to is going to be interested, Boise State and Washington, um, the Las Vegas Bowl. But I I think another game that is is kind of, you know, going a little bit under the radar is USC versus Iowa uh, in the Holiday Bowl. And I'm going to be at that game as well. And one of the things I want to see is is really the the the, the three tackles in that game. Uh, we're talking about Austin Jackson with USC, Tristan Wirfs, and Alaric Jackson from Iowa. You're talking about three of the top offensive linemen potentially in this year's draft. Not sure if J- Alaric Jackson will come out. And actually, Austin Jackson, I've already seen him in person this year. He has some work to do as well, I believe, technique-wise. But those are three of the better athletes. And in a NFL. They're starving for offensive tackles. Every NFL scout should get their credentials for that game.
Hey, Corey, appreciate it. We really do here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, enjoy all the bowl games. Happy holidays to you and your family, and uh, we'll do it again soon, all right? Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Y'all have a very Merry Christmas, man. If I don't talk to y'all again, and a Happy New Year. You yeah, too, you buddy. as well, Corey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.